I am so happy to have um, an old friend. We're not old, but we do go back a long, long ways. Um, about, you know, 60, 70 years ago, I, um, I met Brother Eric Simons at, um, I think, I don't know, I don't know where we first met. I think it was either between, somewhere between Bible camp or um, a youth rally on a Friday night that we used to have up in northern Maine where we both grew up. We're both Mainers, and um, it's a, as our, our former homiletics professor used to say, Maine is a nice place to be from. And, um, but nonetheless, we're, we're both from there, and, um, but he uh, just, I just, back in the summertime, I got a phone call. And I saw his number pop up, and I said, I, I don't believe it. I answered it, and he said, I'm in St. Louis, and I live in St. Louis, uh, or just outside of St. Louis. And so one thing led to another. We talked for a while. We've kept in touch, and I said, you've got to come and minister to us. And uh, he is traveling now uh, in a, a, a very different capacity, a capacity that uh, he's gifted for. Uh, as we sat at the table, my wife and I, last night with him, uh, just I, I, I have seen God do so much in his life, and the Lord has blessed him uh, with three children, two of whom are with us. And there are other first-timers, Sarah and Hannah. And uh, it was, you know, the girls, our, my girls were excited to meet them and see them, and they were excited to meet them. Uh, but, you know, when, when kids meet each other, you're not sure how they're going to... And my wife literally walked out the door to go get a couple of things. Eric and I sat down on the couch, and within, within about 30 seconds, there was laughter, there was talking, there was all of that coming from upstairs, and it was like they had met a long time ago and were being reunited. And so they had a great time together. But we're happy uh, they are with Dad today and not back with Mom and, uh, but Eric uh, and I graduated from uh, what is now known as North Point Bible College together. Back then it was Zion Bible Institute. We were in the same class, and uh, he was, I knew he was destined for great things, and God has done great things in his life. The Lord has taken him to uh, many continents and countries of the world preaching the gospel, uh, and just more recently has come back from Japan, was there with his father-in-law as his father-in-law minister. Both of them ministered. But uh, as he wisely said last night, he said, with, with men like Brother Elie, I just kind of stepped to the background and shadow them. Uh, but Brother Eric has uh, brings something this morning that I believe is going to help you and encourage you. And I want you to just open up your hearts to receive what is on his heart from heaven. And would you please give my friend, Brother Eric Simons, a very warm Praise Tabernacle welcome. Thank you, Pastor Brent. It's a, indeed a delight, an honor to be here this Sunday morning. I feel, I can say I feel at home. I feel, how can that be? When you're with God's people, you're home. Especially when you see so many internationals, which I love. 
I, I, I have a sense it must be probably ten, six to 12 different countries represented this Sunday morning. And uh, God loves the nations. He loves the nations. And it's a joy to be here. Thank you so much, Pastor Brent. Uh, my lovely wife, Mary Ann, I would say hello to you. She would greet you in the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. She's at home. Uh, I didn't plan on being with, here with you this Sunday with my two daughters. However, my experience in ministry in Japan was extended over the last weekend. And uh, not according, And I said yes, happily to say yes to my father-in-law. When the father-in-law asks you to do something, you have to say yes with joy. And he asked me to stay until he was departing from Japan. And I said, yes. And then I realized, well, that could make it the nine Sundays out of ten I've not been with my family. I said, I want to bring my girls with me to Sunday. And so I'm so thankful that uh, Praise Tabernacle uh, has made that possible. Thank you so much. Thank you for your hospitality. So blessings, Hannah, Sarah. Hello, I'm so glad that you make great friends with the Jamie and Riley. They're like, uh, they're like a quartet. Uh, <clears throat> and I can't wait to see you young, precious girls back in St. Louis. St. Louis. And so thank you so much. A few introductions before we share the word. Because uh, I will not speak as your pastor. I'm not your pastor. And I cannot speak like him. Uh, he's a tremendous speaker. I clearly remember that. See, I have a scripture, Hebrews 6. Therefore, let us leave the elementary teachings about Christ and go on to maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from acts that lead to death. Da, 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 da. Very deep passage in Hebrews chapter 6. It wasn't too deep for a senior in 1988 to say, I'm going to pick that to be my senior sermon. I believe that was yours. I believe it was yours. I remember it was his. I don't remember too many sermons of my peers. Naturally, you should remember your roommates. And I have a roommate that you can never forget, a tremendous man of God named Lauren Dunphy. He preached a sermon, i never forget it, called Foxes on Fire. I love you, Lauren. But Brent, I'll never forget the day he spoke, and I was thinking, wow. Hebrews 6, deep, tough, meat, steak. And he, he sliced it very well. And uh, I've never forgotten that. So uh, you are blessed. And with your pastor's wife, Mary Ellen, she's a tremendous hostess. I'm going to say a few things. This church was founded 20 years ago. That's no surprise to you. This church was founded through prayer. This church, praise, was founded in the heart of God through men and women of God. I, as a guest, a friend, can share with you as an eyewitness, an ear witness, that the dynamism, the, the spiritual chemistry, concoction 
of creation that results from the combining of two generations of the Lawrence family of which have they, I've never, Pastor Brent, did they have the honor to meet your dad? Some, wow. I grew up, Pastor Brent's dad was an icon in Northern Maine. I'm talking, I'm talking someone that when you heard his name, it was reverence. It was Pastor Lawrence when he spoke. Moses. People. People counted. Stability. Constancy. Commitment. Character, Pastor Lawrence. Decades. That's the heritage of Pastor Brent. That's his father. Then you have Mary Ellen, Pastor Dan, and Peyakalel. I'm back of you. I don't want to butcher the Italian. My mother reminded me she's from Sicily, from the Naples area. <coughs> Pastor Dan, the same men who have been faithful in the journey, seasons up and down, rain and shine, sink or swim. And then, somehow, God's destiny, the family tree, a young, handsome man that can sing like, sing like, yeah, preach like Schaumbach and sing like Carmen. A beautiful lady, brains and beauty. When you can get that combo, brains and beauty, woo! You're married up, Pastor. You're married up. I'm telling you, I don't know how God did it, but from Arusha County to my my Italian, ooh, my. And I'm not saying this now because I'm going to enjoy her cooking. Really, the puss and the pudding. And they have now joined hearts and lives in union in two precious daughters. This church has a DNA, a genetic code that is irreplaceable, that is unrelenting and irresistible to the fragrance and nostrils of heaven. When the heaven looks down on praised tabernacle, there is such an effect affection from God and an affinity from the Father from this place because it was the creation and embodiment of men and women who love God and love people and put it all out there. And sometimes I want to be a voice to remind and refresh and renew the genius, the greatness, the spectacularness of who you are and what you have. You have gold in those hills. There's gold. Latin potential, untapped reservoirs of riches and secret places and treasures in the darkness. And really... As much as you are beautiful and you are lovely and I appreciate hearing your song, 
It's really not about you. And it's not about me. I read the book. I was 20 in Africa for months and without a tape recorder, a CD, an iPod, an iMac. And in 52 days, that word was read from beginning to end at 20 in Africa. And I read the book and it says that the blessing of God is from a generation to a generation. And there's a place in God and there's a position in God for a man of God to call upon the God of his fathers. See, God, bless me. The promise that you gave news and it opens the eyes of the blind. In terms of disciples, so my life is in terms of missions. I work with my father in Walk in the Light Ministries, Walk in the Light Ministries, and he has bases in Japan and Europe and a large work in Romania. And uh, in Romania, he's been a part of a Romanian orphanage ministries for 23 years, and I was honored to be there on the ground, the first ones in northern Romania, and to help, uh, help actually bring in the first R Romanian orphan. And so I love missions, and this is a new season in my life. I'm returning to mission evangelism, and I was with him for about two weeks in Japan. That's the ends of the earth. And by the grace of God, we saw, I saw one Japanese man give his life to Jesus Christ. That's big news. They say if you have two in Japan, a whole year as a pastor, that would be dancing time. Yes, I got a picture. I come next time. I'm going to get you a screen. This, I've been, been five continents, four, now 15 countries. I've never seen this young man, this, this expression of somebody being born again. After he's born again, he's, I'm going to take a picture of him with my father-in-law, and he's this way. <laughs> thumbs up. Yeah, thumbs up, thumbs up. <laughs> that, that was it. I didn't ask him. He went, yeah, thumbs up. Life is better now. And uh, Jesus is Lord. And it, my father-in-law has been a part of Japan ministry for 31 years. And after hoeing and, and sowing and reaping and being on the tractor, it's his deep desire, uh, as any father's heart, is to be sure that uh, a legacy can continue for another generation and someone else can ride the tractor in the fields. So uh, that's why I was there. And I'm so thankful for tremendous fruit and a harvest of relationships. And I aim to return next year. And Every year thereafter, I love Japanese people. I love the food, and the food loves me, and that's great. <laughs> I endured food in 14 countries, others, but this country of Japan, I love the food. Outside of Italian food, which I enjoy as well, uh, but I've never really ministered in Italy, so that's not a country I can say I've, I've been in. So uh, I love Japan, and I, I'll be, by God's grace, there next year. Uh, pray for me as well as in terms of missions. In the spring, uh, I will return to Europe with my father-in-law, who's in Europe today. And we aim to be going to Israel as well as uh, Romania and Switzerland for our ministry conference. So I uh, appreciate your prayers for that as well. Now, regarding discipleship, so that's my life in mission evangelism. On the other side, I work with Petrichor Partners. Petrichor Partners. Say Petrichor. Petrichor. What's Petrichor mean? It's a beautiful word, petrichor, petrichor. It's a beautiful word. Isn't it a nice word? Petrichor, unusual word. Petrichor is the scent of rain that falls on dry ground. 
refreshing, renewing, and retooling. It's the smell of the fresh rain after a drought, after a dry season. You know what it's like to open up the windows after a, a rain, after a long drought, and you smell how fresh it is? It's a nice smell. Do you know this, this, the smell is always the sweetest after the drought has been the driest? And the scripture for Petrical Partners is in Job chapter 14, verse 7 to 9. Job 14, 7 to 9 says this, there is yet hope for a tree. Say hope. Hope. There's hope for a tree. When it is cut, when it is cut, not if, when it is cut, at the scent of water, it will bud again and give life. Though its roots grow old in the ground and its stump die in the soil, when it smells the rain, when it smells the scent of water, the scent of water, it shall bud again. How many of you have ever seen, I've seen it in Maine, we've seen it, we're, we're from Maine. They, they, they cut logs, they cut trees, you see them cut down and uh, you see a stump, dead. The next year you see a little green leaf. Little, how many of you have ever seen that in a, in a backyard or front yard? You've seen that, right? I've taken pictures throughout the country whenever I see that. Uh, Pastor Richard Femini, he's got a, in, in, our friend in Providence, Rhode Island, uh, right in front of his church. They cut down a tree. I got a picture. He and I right there. A little leaf. That verse, Job 14, 7 and 9, is the foundational verse for our ministry called Petrocorp Partners Ministry. It's petrocorppartners.com. But it's a, it's a equipping ministry, a discipleship ministry, professional coaching. So as a clarity evangelist, I utilize the skills and competencies of professional coaching to enlighten the eyes of the heart so people can see what they never saw before, the shadow sides, the, the mental modules, the paradigms that have the belief system that are no longer working, causing people to do the same thing over and over and over again, expecting a different result, and that's insanity. And so what we do is my partners and I, too, Bob Westenberg and Dr. Joseph Diamitti, uh, Dr. Joseph Diamitti is from Regent University, and Bob is a businessman in Minneapolis. We work with a seminar that God created and helped me to, to formulate over eight years, and we work within churches as well as within the business sectors and marketplace ministries to help individuals achieve a new level of thinking, a heightened sense of direction, and an increased confidence. And literally, in the last three months, we've been in multiple churches and people, and lives have been revolutionized, transformed. They get new levels of thinking, inner healing, and increased confidence. They have a sense of who they are again. They find their voice. I had one lady said, wow, I found the song that I was meant to sing. It was deep on the inside, and now I'm singing it. And so, uh, as a clarity evangelist, that's we, we like, God has a lot of variety in the garden. So that's why you, you already realize I am not Pastor Brent. I cannot speak like him. So I'm not, I'm going to be me. And, uh, but I'm going to turn the word of God. And Isaiah, let's read Isaiah 6 because I want to talk about the word voice. And he, what, you usually get down in line 1130? Yes. Okay, Isaiah 60. Here's <clears throat> Isaiah 60. This is the scripture for this, the congregation today. Arise. You sang those songs today. Let God arise. Arise, right? Arise, shine, for your what? Light has come. And the glory of the Lord rises upon who? You. Say me. 
See, see, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the people. But the Lord rises upon you, and His glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Lift up your eyes and look about you. All assemble and come to you. Your sons come from afar, and your daughters are carried on the arm. Then you will look and be ready. I like the word then. Then you will look and be what? Radiant. Your heart will throb and swell with joy. Throb. Say throb. Throb. Now, don't you want your heart to throb? Don't you want your heart to beat again? <clears throat> Where you feel alive? Where you feel like, wow, God is not only for me, God is with me, and God's working mightily in me. <clears throat> it's a marvelous thing to say it by faith. It's a better experience to say it in practicality. You got to say it by faith. If we don't say it by faith, we'll never experience the practicality of it. But it's an incredible thing that Paul said, the grace of God worketh in me mightily. He knew it. He knew it wasn't about him. It was God's grace. So here, the, your heart will throb and swell with joy. The wealth on the seas will be brought to you. To you, the riches of the nations will come. Herds of camels will cover your land. Young camels of Midian and Ephah. And all from Sheba will come bearing gold and incense and proclaiming the praise of the Lord. Then turn back, please, to Isaiah chapter, let's go to uh, Isaiah 40. <coughs> Verse, for homework uh, and for uh, <laughs> after Sunday's service assignment, you can read Isaiah 40. Verse 1 to 12, but let's look at verse 27 because this is what a question that some of you have asked. The question is this Why do you say, O Jacob, and complain, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, and my cause is disregarded by my God? Why? I've said that before. I know what that's like. My way is hidden from you. God, what I'm going through, surely you don't see. Because if you see, how can you not do anything about it? My cause, oh God. Don't you believe in my cause? Don't you feel my pain? Don't you see the injustice? Don't you know the hurt and the betrayal? My cause, oh God, is disregarded. My cause, oh God. My cause, oh God. I left the sheep fields. I went to the enemy's camp. I haven't seen it, Lord. Where's the victory? The cause. Has anybody been saying that lately? Has anybody been feeling that your way has been hidden? Hidden? You don't know which way to go? Feel like you're in the midst of an intersection of life, and, and you don't know which, which way to go, which left or right, straight, up, down? 
That's a question. That's a voice. God honors that voice. It's okay to ask God those questions. It's okay to peel back the onion, to be bare and naked and not ashamed. He already knew where you're at. He knows how you're feeling. You can say that to him because when you say that, then listen to him. He's got something to say to you. Let's see what he says to you. Do you not know? Have you not heard? See, we quote the following verses very fast. We forget the pretext. Do you not know, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth? I've been to Japan. It's a long ways away, 15 hours away. That's the ends of the earth. It's, it's out there. It would be a long way to row. <laughs> I'm thankful for planes. He's the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary. If you're tired this morning, and if you're weary, would you please raise your hand? It's okay. Come on, somebody. Raise your hand. If you're tired and weary. Come on. That's all right. Hallelujah. I'm a part of that crowd. That's good news. Hey, it's all right. I am, and so are you, and we're all in harmony, right? You're okay, and I'm okay. Even, the Bible says, even youth grow tired and weary, and the young men stumble and fall. Say, say that, the young men stumble and fall. They expect it. Don't be shocked. The young men stumble and fall. But the wise young men, whose hope is built on nothing less than Jesus Christ in righteousness, who dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly leans on his great name, says this, when I rejoice not against me, O my enemy, Micah 7, 9, when I fall, I shall arise. Say arise. Arise. When I fall, not if I fall, forget the cockiness, we're going to fall. We're, we're not all that. We're not everything on Monday morning. It's okay. It's okay. When I fall, I shall arise. When I sit in darkness, come on, sit in, what do you mean sit in darkness? Oh, I'm, you're the light of the world. Da, 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 da. Yeah, uh, I used, that's me 20 years ago. I just repeated who I used to, how I used to think. But I'm not that guy anymore. Because I've learned what darkness is. I've lived in darkness in the last couple of years. I've experienced darkness. I wouldn't want anybody to experience the darkness I've experienced. But God loves people enough to allow them to taste the darkness, to be in darkness. Because in the darkness, he is the light. And it's in the darkness, he gives the songs in the night. And it's in the darkness. Read New York Times paper. I have it on my iPad. I saw it in Starbucks this morning. Excuse me, girls. I took it. To, they're looking at me saying, Daddy, what do you mean you went to Starbucks? Yeah, I went to Starbucks, took them to Dunkin' Donuts. I had to get something. New York Times, in the beginning, God said, let there be light. And God calls the light to be light and called it darkness night. It's in the New York Times first page. 
I said, I know what I'm sharing. Thank you, Lord. I was tossed to and fro. See, it's in the night, in the darkness, God said, let there be light. It's in the night, the darkness of the womb that all creation is born. Every baby came out of the dark of a womb. It's in the darkness of your night that God gets the greatest glory and causes you to rise again from the ashes. When everybody was writing your mort mortitiatory tombstone and your obituary, God says, no, 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 no. I know there's darkness. It may be more than three days. It may be three months. It may be three years. But if you can hold on, if you can hold on, the old song says, I'm going to hold, you know the song? I'm going to hold to God's unchanging hand. You know it, sister. I'm going to hold, I'm going to hold to the one who understands. When my burden gets heavy and I feel so sad, Jesus comes along and makes me feel so glad. I'm going to hold, I'm going to hold to God's unchanging hand. Yes, I don't sing. The pastor sing. But I just convey a message. When you can hold on to him and when you come to the end of your strength, that's just when you've touched the beginning of his Oh, when you come to the end of your rope, the end of your strength, you've just touched the beginning of his. His strength begins when yours ends. When we recognize that it's okay to let go like Jacob. It's okay to just let go. I'm tired. I'm weary. I'm in the darkness of night. But I'll rise again. Death got no power. Rise. The old song, rise again. Rise again. You will rise. Your best days are not behind you. Your best days are ahead of you. You shall be old, fat, and flourishing, the Bible says. Come on, somebody. Some of you need to say hallelujah. You can be old, fat, and flourishing. They shall still bring forth fruit in old age, the Bible says. Come on, somebody. Pastor Dan in Paglia, he's preaching the gospel this Sunday morning with fervor, with fire, with ferocity, and with the flame of heaven. I've just been honored to be with my father-in-law. 74 years old. Went through a dark season. Prostrate cancer in February. Phone calls were made. He's in Europe and three large tumors in his PSAs. That's the cancer count in the blood. PSAs, 100, over 100. The normal PSA is four to five. At six, you've got to see a doctor. At 10, you better start making some plans and go to a prayer meeting on Tuesday. Come on, somebody. And they're going to rush him to America. Tumors, tumors in his prostate, three of them. 73 at that time. He was seeking God for a new year. His body was a flame to fire. Pain unbearable. Went to the doctor with his wife, drove him, said, Doctor, I'm not leaving here unless two things happen. I'm either healed or you cut me, you do whatever you need to do. I can't take the pain anymore. The doctor happens to be someone who was born again through my father-in-law's ministry, laid hands on him on each side, mom and the doctor on the other side, pray for Brother Elie. Then pray, prayer, massage him. 
He fell into a deep sleep for three hours. He woke up. The pain was greatly reduced. He canceled the plan immediately to go to America. The ticket, just changed the ticket. He felt led to stay. By May, the PS count went down to 88. So hear me. Between February, there was a blood test sent to the Timoshwara, uh, specialized blood test, uh, and the doctor in Timoshwara saw the PSA count, contacted Collusion of Polkas, his doctor in Collusion, and said, this is the question the doctor in Timoshwara said, is your patient still alive? Is your patient still alive? And the doctor says, yeah, he's a man of faith. He's believing God. It's, gra- it's all grace. Just grace. 88. By June, the PS count went down to 44. By October of 10th, it was 6. Tumors have been removed completely. And I say that to backtrack. I was with him in Japan. I was praying, agreeing with that. I know it's like this man at 74 spent three hours praying for people. Praying. For people, praying, pulpits are many, prayer closets are few. Praying for nonstop, 11 o'clock one day, 11 to 2 o'clock. One after another, I came in the, in the small little room for prayer and prophetic word, prayer and prophetic word, prayer and prophetic word, word of knowledge, three hours straight. And then he preached in the evening at 74, and I was, I was like seeing him at 45. God's grace. Arise, shine, right? Shine. I say that to you who can continue. Here's my thoughts. And they're scattered. They are in order, but they're in order in my head. Okay? (laughs) That's all right? But I want to share, and I purposely have been like this because I know how to do the other. But I shall return by God's grace. And I feel at home. And I have a sense of, I have a sense of, of a deep love, and I'm unashamed to say I, I, I love this place. God gave me affinity for Pastor Brent, or brotherly love. God doesn't, God will send people to this church to lift the load. God will send people. Ministry is plurality of team ministry. And God's going to help you to hear your voice for your gifts as well. And so I have a love. I'm going to just share. I'm like, I'm sharing. Your voice. Say there's value in my voice. When you arise and shine, you are shining with a voice. All sound. I'm not not the smartest guy in the block. But uh, all sound begins with, where's key C, right? That's C? C, C. That's C. That's C. It sounds like C, right? Light and sound are always combined together. When you slow sound down, it comes to the speed of light. It has to slow down. It, God says it, then it appears. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. It's all spoken. If it, it got, here's the thing. God's word in your mouth is as powerful as God's word in his mouth. So that's why we have to be speaking. There's value in your voice. 
Each one of us can reach one. Each one of us have knowledge, wisdom, and experience gifted to us that in our lifetime, our struggles, trials, and challenges, and triumphs can be used to help people. You are unique. You have a voice, and your voice needs to be heard. God has given you a voice. And what I mean by voice, God has given you a unique personality. God has given you unique desires and dreams. God's given you passions. God's given you the ability. No one is like you. Try, please stop trying to be a copy. The, the, God loves you so much. He made you as you. You're not an accident. You're perfectly designed for your purpose. Perfectly created for who you are. God doesn't make a round peg for a square hole. You're perfect. He loves you. The challenge is, it's hard to believe in your voice, who you are, and what you know has value in our world. It's hard for us to believe that who, who we are has value. I would encourage us not to limit our capabilities and our vision for ourselves tomorrow based on what we are capable of doing today. Because what we are capable of doing today is not fixed to what we can, are able to do tomorrow. God's a God of increase, multiplication. God's still creating. He's co-laboring together with those who are hearing him and saying what he says to do what he's called them to do. Let us not limit our small, let's not, let us not let our small business, small church, or small backgrounds make us small-minded or limit our future. God can do much with a little. Each one can reach one. The song is this. We used to sing this, and it means a lot. I have recognized the voice. I have understood the call. I have seen the beauty of the one I fear. It is he who calls my name. And his mercies I will claim. I have recognized the voice that draws me near. Have you recognized his voice? His voice is speaking to you. If you ask, well, what voice is that? It's the one speaking right now. Isaiah 49 says this. You say, well, I don't know. I haven't heard that voice too often. Isaiah 49, verse 1 and 2. And while you're turning there, then I want to put this out there. There's someone here this morning. When I say voices, someone's been tormented by voices in this room. Tormented by voices of the night. Tormented. Tormented. And you try to quiet those voices and drown them out, and they're just still loud. The Holy Spirit is going to give you the ability to tune them out, drown them out. And He's going to be able to enable you to lock in with a frequency of heaven that those voices. They may, here, they may never go away. As long as you're on this planet Earth, there's a thief 
there's an adversary. He's a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, but he's really a mouse with a microphone. And as long as he's a mouse with a microphone, I'm going to learn how to tune him down. And there's voices. There's been voices in, this, in the hearts and minds of people here Voices, and let me give you three clear voices because you, I'm going back to Isaiah verse nine, 49, verse 2. He says, let's, Pastor Brent, where, where are I love his voice. Pastor, let's Pastor Brent read this. One and two. Listen, listen to me, you islands. Hear this, you distant nations. Before I was born, the Lord called me. From my birth, he has made mention of my name. He made my mouth like a sharpened sword. In the shadow of his hand, he hid me. He made me into a polished arrow and concealed me in his quiver. Yes, there's a lot there. There's a lot of sermons there. But he called you. Do you believe that? Faith begins where the will of God is known. There's some fundamental beliefs one has to have. And if God says it, it settles it. Faith begins where the will of God is known. You were called by God to arise and shine. Let the light come. The glory of the Lord is there. And I'll, t- I'll love to talk about the camels now, if not next time. Camels are coming to this church. Camels are coming. You're called. God knows you by name. He knows you by name. He calls you by name. He loves you calls you. And some of you may be feeling like you're in the shadows, you're in the darkness. Anybody feel like you're walking in the darkness? God allows us to be often in the, you know, the quiver's a dark place. The last time I looked at it, quivers are dark. Wilderness is dark. God, again, does his best work in the darkness. All of creation is done in the dark. The greatest blessings of God are from the dark. Those dark moments, the dark times, the desperate times, the discouragement times, the dry times, the desolate times, the dead times. And when you go to Isaiah again, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 1 to 5, is again, you take Isaiah 9, you put that in the same left-hand page and the right-hand page, Isaiah 60, they go together. Those who are walking in darkness have seen a great light. To those who have who are lived in the shadow of death, a light has come, and there shall be joy and increase to in the nation. And, and Isaiah, Isaiah 9 says, and the joy is as the day of Midian. It gives an example. Like, like it gives an example of what kind of joy the people are going to experience. It's as in the days of Midian. Like, why would they say the day of Midian? Well, that's the day when Gideon, Gideon and Midian, Gideon and Midian, Gideon and Midian. Gideon was a guy that had to realize that he had a voice, that God called him. Even though he was dark, even though he would plant a crop and then the enemy would come in and take it. And three steps forward and four steps backwards. Come on, somebody. And he looked around him, and he he had every qualification as to why God was not there. Because in the natural, it didn't look like it was there. But if we're only basing God's presence based upon our external conditions, then we're not living by faith. We're living by sight. And actually, we're not even living by sight because our sight is very limited. We're only looking at ourselves and what we want. We're not even looking at the heavens. The heavens declare the glory of God. And the the permanent display His wonders. So bless the Lord, all my soul, and all that is within me. Let everything that has 
breath play, praise the Lord. Let the heavens praise the Lord, right? The birds. And so there's a reason to bless God because he's there. He's with us. Gideon, the rejoicing is coming in the night. God will bring increase. But he's asking us to give voice, give voice to his voice. What's in your mouth? What are you speaking? If God can't do it, if we don't speak. If you speak it, he'll work on it. There's sometimes, as my father-in-law taught me, he had to speak to his body. You got to speak to your heart. You got to speak to your, you speak to the mountains. There are three voices. Come back. Three voices. Voice of individuals are, are being challenged in this congregation with this. Voice of fear, voice of judgment, and voice of cynicism. Fear, fear, judgment, and cynicism. Voice of fear, well, it's not going to happen. What if I do this? I failed before. Voice of fear, a lot of fear, right? Fear, fear of tomorrow. Fear, men's hearts fail for fear in the last days. Fear, fear, money, fear, a lot of health reasons. If you listen to the news and all that, you're going to be so afraid about you. That's part of the adversary's attempt to utilize. It doesn't matter to me which aisle you are on the side of a political spectrum of health care. Just be on God's side. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name, who forgives all my iniquities and heals all my diseases, who crowns my life with loving kindness. He is our best health care plan. There's a lot of reason to fear. But the most important fear to have is the fear of God. That's the beginning of wisdom. The fear of God says, His Word says it, I believe it. So the voice of fear will always rise up the moment you take a step. The voice of fear, the moment you take a step in faith, fear is going to step up. It's going to scream at you. So if you're not, you know, I can understand when people are not hearing the voice of fear. That means they're living a life, and it's okay. They're in a season of comfortability, of, of containment, of things where they want to control everything in their life and, and secure. And as long as they do that, fear is not screaming. But the moment you begin to get out of the boat, the moment you start getting into the Jordan, this moment you start, you start doing something you've never done before, you're going to wake up all that unfinished business because you've got a mind that's got to be renewed to attach itself to the new thing that God's doing in your spirit, and the voice of fear is going to rise up. Well, the opposite of voice of fear is the voice of faith. Voice of faith says, is this, God says it, that settles it. The voice of faith says, I am a child of God. Whose report will you believe? Voice of judgment. Voice of judgment. So many individuals avoid the presence of God, ultimately, of intimacy because, and true authenticity because they've judged themselves to be beyond repair. Judgment. And hurting people always hurt people. So if you're in the presence of an individual who seems to be judging you, uh, when you actually recognize and in tune with the Holy Spirit, you recognize that really they're only giving out what they've, that's the leftovers. They've already eaten the main lunch. They've eaten their own meal. They're just giving the leftovers to you. You, they, you can teach what you know, but we reproduce what we are. You can only give what you have. So if you're receiving judgment from others, can you imagine how hard they're on, how difficult they are, it is for them to be them? I have compassion. So one moment you recognize that, you just love them. You're compassionate of them. And when you know that you're accepted and beloved, it doesn't matter. Hell, higher, 
heaven, earth, hell, high, no matter what. He loves you, God and you in the majority, correct? You're accepted in the beloved. You're bought with a price. You're in the blood of Jesus. You're the righteousness and not by works but by grace. You're, in the, he, you're the apple of his eye. He loves you. He loves you. There's not one thing you could do to earn more of God's love. Not to earn it, no. He loves you unconditionally, irretrievably, irrevocably. He loves you. So let the voice of judgment pass away. See, value judging makes me less, celebrating makes me more. So when you recognize, and you, you say, well, how do I know I'm, 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 I got a lot of voices of judgment? When you're very critical of other individuals, critical of what's not happening, what should be happening, and if you are utilizing the word should in your vocabulary, I would encourage you for the sake of yourself to be a happier person, get rid of the should. Should is a very disabling word, debilitating word. Should, 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 should. Should? No, could. How about can? I can do all things through Christ. I am. I can. I will. Not should. I never see the word should in the Bible. God never says the word should. Did you, did you, did you ever hear God speak to his children? Or anybody in the Bible say you should have done that? No, should. should. Should is a word that reflects guilt. It reflects condemnation. The spirit, the uh, Bible says, now therefore we have, now therefore what? There is no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. There's no condemnation. If he's not condemning you, why take on an unnecessary uh, penalty yourself? Why sign up for a life sentence that he didn't give you? Sometimes the only prison that we're in are, are our own thoughts. Okay? He loves you. So the voice of judgment that if you've made a bad decision, if business went sour, marriage fell apart, I mean, like, who didn't make mistakes? Life is filled with erasers. Are you with, are you with me? And really, the greatest person that needs to forgive you is you. The more you can forgive yourself, and then the more you can forgive others. And so the voice of judgment will always cloud the voice of what? Grace. So voice of fear, the voice of faith. Voice of judgment, okay? And the voice of grace. And grace is grace. God's riches at Christ's expense. Unmerited, the ability to enable you to do what you could not do, to be what you cannot be, all because of him. And then the vo third voice I encourage you to let it shine. Let it rise up as a voice. And when you shine with a voice, shine, Jesus, shine. With a voice, and let it rise. The voice of cynicism is another third one that's not so nice. Cynicism is cynical. Cynical. It will never change. We've been this way for 20 years. She's never going to change. <laughs> Everything's external. Cynicism. It will not help you and I to enjoy the truth. The truth says, the truth will set me free. God's word is truth, okay? And God is for you, not against you. God's with you, and God delights in you. And when we shine, let our voice rise above those other voices, you'll see the camels come. And the camels will come in verse 6, in Isaiah 6. They, the camels come with three things. Next time I'll, I'll unpack it more. They come with what? Provision. They come with refreshing. And they come with transportation. 
The camels are coming. I prophesy that. Camels are coming. When you can speak up, because the devil wants your voice and my voice, what, the three things? He wants to silence it. He wants to subdue it and to strain it. And in the seasons of life that you go through, sometimes we sort of like lose our voice, correct? The voice is your identity and destiny, your voice. John the Baptist was asked, well, who are you? They came to him, the religious crowd. Who are you? Are you the prophet? Who are you? And what did he say? I am the what? Voice of one what? Crying out in the wilderness. See, it's in the wilderness. I am wrapping this up. It's in the wilderness, in your dark times, in your, in your moments of affliction and adversity, there are moments where things are chaotic and tumultuous. It's in those moments when you come out of that season, you are coming out not the same person. You, are, you have a different voice. You, your, your voice, you've had voice lessons in the wilderness. Therefore, you can say, I've learned to sing a song in a strange land. Come on, somebody. How can we sing a song in a strange land, they said. Oh, we shall sing a song in the strange land. When the Lord turned the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dreamed. Then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. And I'm speaking a praise tabernacle that God's going to cause you to sing again like you never sung. And what you're singing externally is going to be integrated completely with the internalness, and you'll be singing the voice. You'll be the voice of God to this community, the voice of God to your family, the voice of God to your area, and that voice will pierce and penetrate the darkness. You will penetrate the darkness. The voice of God breaks the cedars, causes the cedars of Lebanon to fall. The calves will bring forth birth. The voice of God is penetrable, powerful, prolific. But it's in your mouth. We've got to speak it. When we speak it, we say, I will not be silent. I will not be subdued. I will not be strained. I'm going to get my voice back. Say, I'm going to get my voice back. I'm going to get my voice back. I'm going to talk back to the devil. I'm going to tell him just where he can put it. When he reminds you of your past, you need to remind him of his future. Oh, he don't have a bright one. He thinks he's, he's hot stuff. No, 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 no. His days are numbered. Yes, there's darkness. Anybody can talk about the darkness. I want to talk about the light. The light is greater than the darkness. Oh, he causes light to come out of darkness. When I see darkness, I'm looking for the light. If, if I can't find the light, which means if I can't find, if things are not working externally, externally, bills being paid, health being restored, externally, marriages being restored, you mean the external stuff. If that's not working on the outside, I come to realize i got to speak it up. I will not be silent. The Lord, then, is my light. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When my enemies come, and your enemies will come. Whoa, when will your enemies come? Your enemies are going to come when you got some stuff. In, as the days of Midian, the enemies only came because he sowed, a, he sowed a crop and he was about to reap a harvest. 
I, I like to hear testimonies of somebody getting betrayed or robbed. Not that I like it, I enjoy it. It just tells me, ooh, I just met somebody that's been somewhere. I just met someone that had some stuff. See, no, I never met a poor man robbed. I've never met a, a non-influential individual betrayed. Come on, somebody. So if you've got it, God's going to teach you how to keep it, and he may allow you to lose it so you can regain it again. You're going to get it back. You're going to speak up the song of Zion and not be shut up by the adversary. Speak up grace to the mountain. Grace. you got to speak up. So we got to give our voice, our voice in praise, our voice in prayer. Call upon me and I will answer you and show you great amount of things. Call upon you. Call. Ask of me and I will give me. There's a reason why. I love Japan, and, and I had a marvel, and I know, because it's part of my destiny, and I, I waited 14 years to go to Japan. I waited a long time. I never waited for another country to go to. I just wanted to go to a country. I went there. God just made a way. But 14 years, I had to wait. You have to wait for something? How long do you wait? Do you, do you know what it's really like to wait for something? To really wait. But in God's time, everything's beautiful. <laughs> and if it's not beautiful right now, it's not this time. But it will be. Weeping will adore for a night, but joy comes in the morning. And in God's time, I asked for the nations, and he gave me the othermost parts of the earth of my possessions for my inheritance. And Japan is part of my inheritance. If he, Psalm chapter 2, verse 8. So you can have a voice. And God knew my prayer way back in Zion. And in those days of mission prayers, of asking God for the nations. And even though I forgot that scripture for years, I still had a desire to go to Japan, and God honored that. See, the voice of your mom, and I'm closing, I'm not the voice of your mom, the voice of your dad, God doesn't forget their prayers. God doesn't forget their prayers. You're here because somebody prayed. Somebody would not shut up, would not be silent, would not be subdued or strained. They would speak up the God's voice upon your life. Brother Eli went to Japan because of a mama's voice. See, God honors the voice of a mama. Prayer, a praying mama. His mama taught him to pray at five years old in northern Romania. Five years old, prophesied, said, my son, you're going to minister in Japan, Israel, and America. At five years old, he'd go to school and tell people in Romania in 1946, I'm going to go to Japan. They laughed at him. His school instructor said, shut up. You're speaking nonsense and stupidity. You'll never go to Japan. You're in Romania. You're in a shepherd boy. He said, I'm the captain of Japan. But his mama taught him to pray, and they were praying for Japan because this was Romania. They were praying for Japan because of all the burning and they heard the fires and the, and the thousands of people that were destroyed just a few years earlier that we forget. But a Romania being Romania, mama being mama, Elia learned how to pray for Japan. And while he was in a prison cell, in a prison cell in Russia, the same very night that he was in prison cell for being persecuted, Charlie Duke walked on the moon, and God sovereignly brought those two men together, and God brought Brother Elie to Japan in 1982. God brought Charlie Duke to Japan through Brother Elie, and he's been there for 31 years because of a mother's prophetic prayer. God answers prayer long after Man and women stop praying. Amen? Would you please stand?
So I'm going to encourage, I'm going to just pray a closing prayer. You've been so gracious to me, so gracious, so gracious. If you say, Brother Eric, uh, close, every head bowed, every eye closed, God's going to give you your voice back. Your voice is going to be stronger than ever. You're going to hear the dreams and destinies and desires that God's put in your voice are going to come alive. They're going to be loud. You're going to feel the pulsating of a new life, a new heart beating again. You're going to hear the song and the heart of your pastor. And some of you are going to say, I'm going to start singing his song. I'm, I'm going to be more in tune with what my pastors are talking about. And God's going to give him new vision and new alignment and new strategies. God's going to bring you out of your wilderness and you're coming out with a voice. You're coming out with a cry. You're coming out with a call. You're coming out with a proclamation. God is using your voice to move mountains. You're saying, Brother Eric, there have been those negative voices. I've been hearing them, and I acknowledge them today. I acknowledge that the voice of fear, judgment, and cynicism, they've been loud in my heart and my head lately. Would you raise your hand? There's hands, there's hands, yes. There's voices. You've heard those voices. Yes. And now somebody say, Brother Eric, the voice of truth is speaking to me today. The voice of grace is speaking to me today. The voice of life is speaking to me. Raise your hands. I'm going to get my voice back. I'm going to get my voice back. The devil will not shut me up, silence me, subdue me, or strain me. I'm going to sing a new song. I'm going to have a song in my night. I'm going to have a song through my night. I'm coming into my morning, and I will be rejoicing as in the days of Midian. There's going to be a harvest. There's going to be, there's going to be treasure. There's spoils. They're going to reap where you did not sow. God's going to cause the adversary to pay back what he stole from you. There's going to be recompense and compensation and payback for what you've gone through. God is going to bring it to you if you can stand still and see the salvation of God and keep your mouth speaking what God is speaking. He's going to make a way where there seemed to be no way. Supernatural provision. Supernatural ideas. Creativity of heaven. Creativity of heaven is going to enter your mind. Dreams, desires, ideas, solutions are coming right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, Spirit of the living God, Spirit of the living God, we speak life and liberty and deliverance to those who are tormented by demonic spirits and voices of the underworld. In Jesus' name, be silenced. In Jesus' name, be silenced. In Jesus' name, Jesus, 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 we love you.